This week's Haftarah, Parshas Re'eh, begins in chapter 54 of Sefer Yeshayahu, Perak Nundalid, in the middle of the Perak, verse 11, Pasuk Yud Aleph, and goes until chapter 55, verse 5, Perak Nunhei, Pasuk Hei. And there are three main parts. The beginning speaks about the rebuilding of Jerusalem. Then the Navi um, instructs us to come learn Torah and tells us of the rewards, which will lead us to the last part, which is um, about the Davidic dynasty and the coming of Mashiach. This is a much shorter Haftarah than last week. The Navi begins by referring to our state in Galas. It's actually referring, you'll see from the rest of the verse, speaking about Jerusalem, about Yerushalayim, afflicted, storm-tossed one who is uncomforted. The idea of being in the middle of a storm is one that's overwhelmed, that's feel, that feels lost, doesn't know what is to come. And that is the state of Jerusalem, and as, that is the state of its people in exile. Hine anochi marvitz papuch avanayich v'sadetich basapirim. I will lay gems as your building stones and make your foundations of sapphires. I will make your battlements of rubies. Your gates of precious stones. The whole encircling wall of gems. That These are um, grand descriptions of the overwhelming wealth and um, beauty that Jerusalem will be built in. And for years, Jerusalem has laid fallow, has been destroyed. We, of course, now are used to Jerusalem as being the most beautiful of cities that has been built up. Unfortunately, not its most important part, of course, the Beit HaMikdash, but the city itself is a beautiful city. But for years, it was destroyed. It was completely destroyed. And the Nevi describes here that not only will it be rebuilt, but it will be rebuilt in the grandest of fashion. And um, many Mephorshim, many commentaries point out that these are also metaphors for overall greatness of wealth and honor that the Jewish people will enjoy at the time of the redemption, which of course is also contrasted to their state of shame and very often just material poverty that they endured throughout the exile. And all your children should be disciples of Hashem. And there will be peace amongst your children. Of course, speaking to Yerushalayim and the Jewish people are, of course, her children. This verse is famously expounded upon in the Talmud in Brechos. The Chachamim, the sages, tell us to read the word Banayich, Al-Tikra Banayich, Elabonayich. Do not read the word of your children, rather your builders. So, Hashem, and all your children should be disciples of Hashem, will instead be, and all your builders shall be disciples of Hashem. And there will be peace amongst your children. So the verse would read, and all your builders are disciples of Hashem, and there is great peace among them. According to the Talmud, the verse is coming to teach us that the Torah scholars build the world and bring peace. As we know, and as we see elsewhere in the prophets, it is not the physical that builds and bring permanence, but the spiritual. The Torah scholars build the foundation of the world and our existence. And therefore, even though we think of them as only building our spiritual existence, 
through building our spiritual existence, they build our physical existence, which is just a medium to be able to express our spiritual existence as well. The concept of spiritual fortitude building the world is echoed in the rest of the chapter, meaning this idea that we are spiritual beings and that focusing on the spiritual and building the spiritual is what strengthens the physical as well. Establish yourself through righteousness. Keep away from oppression. This is not, here the Navi is not foretelling what will happen, but telling us what we should be doing. And you shall have no fear of devastation, because devastation will not come near you. This verse is telling us that we need only follow the ways of Hashem, and we will have nothing to fear, because no one can defeat us, of course, without his consent. Whoever does try to oppose us will be stopped. Hein goryagor efes meosi, mi garitach alayachhi pol. They may indeed gather together, but it's without my consent. Whoever will gather against you will fall because of you. Meaning, your enemies may gather against you. It may happen that they will try to wage war against you and to oppress you and to hurt you. But whoever will gather against you will fall because of you. Meaning, if I do not allow them to hurt you, they will be powerless against you. It is I who created the smith who blows the charcoal fire and takes out the tools for his work. And it is I who create the instruments of destruction. Hashem is telling us here that the same way that a, that 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 a person who creates the tools is in charge of those tools. He says, I created them. I created the nations of the world who want to oppress you. I created the weapons and the means of destruction that you are afraid of. Do not fear those who seem to hold the tools of carnage in their hands. This section tells us that when we return to Jerusalem, all we will need to build the city is good deeds and upright behavior. Remember, this section began with, or just a few verses earlier, if you want to make yourself permanent, if you want to save yourself, if you want to protect yourself, establish yourself through righteousness. Keep away from oppression. And if you do that, if you behave in an, in an, up, in an upright fashion, you will have nothing to fear. We will not have to worry about the deception and aggression of others. It will be irrelevant to us. Because those are only tools that are in Hashem's hands, and He will not allow them to harm us. This topic is so relevant to us. We see the weapons and alliances and guerrilla armies and terrorist organizations that have become more influential and influential and numerous and popular, and governments that begin to turn against us. These physical things do reflect a spiritual reality, so they should not be ignored. But ultimately, we know that they are not powers in and of themselves. Hashem created them, and when He allows them to gain power, He is trying to send us a message that we need to change our ways, and that we need to dive into Him, and we need to come close to Him, and we need to rely on Him. Unfortunately, in the past, of course, Hashem has used our enemies as tools to punish and to test us, but they are not independent. Hashem created them, and He will use them as He wishes. He is in control, and we must appeal to Him for our safety. 
being scared of them is foolish. No weapon formed against you will succeed. This is speaking about the time of the redemption. And every tongue that contends with you, you will expose as evil. This is also a special promise for the time of redemption, even though it seems mundane. In exile, we are incapable of convincing others of the truth of our beliefs, no matter how true they really are. And here Hashem promises us that at the time of the redemption, not only will we be physically safe, but we will be able to convince others who have always tried to convince us of the false of the falseness of our claims that our beliefs are true, and we will expose them as false or as evil. Zos nachalas avdi Hashem. Av, sorry, zos nachalas avdi Hashem. Such is the lot of the servants of Hashem. And their righteousness will be for me, so says Hashem. The people of Israel have the privilege of building the world at its core through the soul and the spirituality that give it its real life and existence upon which the physical world is based. And at the time of the redemption, it will be so clear from the fact that those who seem physically strong and are unable to harm us, that it is the spiritual that really governs the world and not the physical. Now we begin the beginning of chapter 55, Nunhei. We have been, been told repeatedly throughout the Navi that the redemption will come no matter what. But the ideal way for the redemption to come is for us to bring it through our repentance and good deeds. We know that it will come at a certain point no matter what but we really want it to come because we deserve it. So after the promises of the last chapters where Yeshayahu spoke about the redemption, now he tells us, this is how really you should bring it. All who are thirsty come for water. And even if you have no money, come buy food and eat. Buy food without money, wine and milk without cost. Here water is a metaphor, here and in many places, water is a metaphor for Torah, because they are both the source of life. Also, one who is bereft of either naturally, intrinsically thirsts for it. So the Prophet tells us, go and get water, go and pursue Torah. And for this pursuit, one need not have any money, the purchase price for Torah is desire and discipline, which we can all have. The wine and milk mentioned in the verse are also metaphors for Torah, as sources of gladness and nourishment. And again, there is no monetary price attached. All that is required is for you to seek it. Lama So he told us that we can pursue Torah without any price. But now he tells us what we really are doing. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your effort for what does not satisfy. Give heed to me and you shall eat well and you will delight in richness. You are spending money which I don't require and putting in so much effort for false endeavors that will not satisfy you. Why do you weary yourselves with these things which will neither sh- not nourish neither your body or your soul? If you listen to me and speak Torah and seek Torah, 
You will eat well in the physical sense, and your soul will also delight in richness. The Torah nourishes the soul just as food nourishes the body. This also is something that is so applicable to us today. We wonder to ourselves, why am I not inspired? Why does Torah not fill me spiritually? And the reason is because we put, if we put as much effort into, into our own heritage, into our own birthright, into the things that Hashem gives us to learn and to immerse ourselves in it, then we would be nourished by it. But instead, we spend all our effort and all our physical resources pursuing other sources of fulfillment that are not fulfilling. And the Navi, apparently, this was the case thousands of years ago as well, because the Navi turns to the people and he says, Torah is waiting for you. It will nourish both your body and your soul. And you are pursuing other things at costs that Hashem doesn't ask of you. All he asks of you is discipline and desire. And we do the same thing, that we search in other places for inspiration. We search in other places for fulfillment. And we are willing to pay so much money. And we are willing to put in so much effort and so much discipline in all of these other areas. When the truth is at our doorstep, it is ours. It is something that we know already. And all we need to do is put in that desire and that discipline there, and we will actually be fulfilled. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen and your soul will come alive. This is so simple, but so deep and true for anyone who has put in the effort to learn Torah. You may not know what you are missing if you don't put in the effort. But if you do, and you search for it, at least by being willing to listen, it will revive your soul. And I will make with you an everlasting covenant, the loyal kindness of David. If you do all these things, like we said before, you will be ready for me to bring the covenant of David and his descendant, the Mashiach. And this is so fitting because as I made him a leader of peoples, a prince and a commander of peoples, so you shall summon a nation you did not know, and a nation that you did not know shall come in running to you. For the sake of Hashem your God, the Holy One of Israel who has glorified you. This verse tells of the prophecy that we will call other nations and they will come running to serve God and learn His Torah. Meaning, if we immerse ourselves in Torah and are fulfilled by it and become the people that Hashem wants us to be and therefore the redemption will come, what will happen at the time of redemption? We will call to the other nations and they will come running to serve Hashem and learn His Torah. And this, of course, is a very fitting reward for our own pursuit and dedication to that Torah. The theme that seems to unify the entire Haftarah seems clear, which is the power of the spiritual over the physical. At the beginning, the idea that we build Yerushalayim through our spiritual deeds, and that is how Yerushalayim, Jerusalem, will obtain its physical glory. Next comes the idea that we need not fear the physical strength of any of our enemies. They are mere pawns in the hands of Hashem, 
and therefore we need only strengthen ourselves spiritually and to pray to Hashem that he will save us because they have no independent power. And again, it is the spiritual that is truly powerful and not the physical. Lastly is the idea that we must pursue Torah, which requires no physical payment, only dedication. And it is through that dedication and building ourselves through Torah that we will be fulfilled and that we will bring the ultimate redemption. May that be speedily in our days. Amen.